When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. At center ice is Connor McDavid. He's got Darrell Walker, and he's got some room down the sidelines. McDavid to Everly, dishes off. What time? To the 30, 20, 10, 5. Score! Touchdown, Eskimos! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Crosby and the Penguins next up for the Edmonton Oilers. The Pens in Winnipeg tonight. That game just getting underway as are the Red Wings and the Bruins and the Senators and the Stars. We will keep you updated. The Oilers... An optional practice today. Some guys on the ice, other guys in meetings. They'll have a practice tomorrow and then host the Penguins on Friday night. Big weekend ahead for Edmonton. The Canadians coming up on Sunday. So it's going to be rocking at Rogers Place as the Oilers continue their eight-game homestand. Disappointing one last night, losing 4-1 to the New York Islanders. Man, once the Islanders got the lead, they took care of that area in front of their own net, and the Oilers could not break through. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. You've got to work hard for your scoring opportunities and, and make them count when you get them. Um, you know, team gets a 3-1 lead, um, the 16 teams that are going to play in the playoffs, they're going to be able to, to hold uh, hold the fort down more often than not and tighten things up. So we needed to score earlier. We didn't do that uh, on some of our very good opportunities. Later on in the game, they were uh, prepared to block shots and, and, and get in the way, and we didn't release the puck quick enough. We didn't get traffic uh, and bully our way to the net um, so that it became uncomfortable for those shot blockers. Uh, so we, we basically took the easy route a lot of times in the offensive le- zone later on in the game and as a result got nothing out of it. Well, I loved how he used that phrase, bully your way to the net. And that led to the Islanders' victory as the Oilers, despite having some chances and some zone time, took the 4-1 loss. I'm Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Kelly Rudy, former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers, joins us. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, uh, Reed, and that was the line that grabbed my attention as well about the bullying. And it's funny, I, I just came from a speaking engagement here this afternoon in Calgary, and we're just talking about hockey and, and qualities. And I was going through, well, when I, I look at a player, I look for things, and of course, they identify things like skating and hockey smarts and vision and all these sorts of things. And one word I threw in there was it wasn't the bully word, but it could have been. I said, mean somebody that's vicious out there and that's what i think that uh, the oilers or todd is referring to you need you have to be that bully you have to play awfully hard at this time of year and you can't be denied you have to be the bully going to the front of the net and make it awfully difficult for the other teams and until you do that always 
uh, especially at this time of year, leading into the playoffs, uh, that's where your their separation really lies because the great teams continue to do that and the great players. I was thinking when you sent me the text today, uh, Reed, I was thinking about well, all that down low play. Even though we think of a guy like Sidney Crosby as a terrific player, he's great off the rush. He is, but what really stands out to me is how hard he is to play against down low. Well, that's a good point, I and mean, we've we've even seen that for McDavid. Now he might not be the same with, with the, the uh, you know the Crosby can over top of the puck and warding guys off. But I mean, as much as McDavid has this, the, the, the incredible skill and the incredible speed. How many times does he steal the puck on the forecheck, right? Or or get in on yeah. a guy and, and poke the puck away from him or, or get it loose for somebody else? And, you know, Todd McClellan has said, you know, they're humans. You have to give them constant reminders. I think they'll get that reminder about getting to the net here over the next couple of days. That has been a bit of a sticking point for the team and the fans. And I think you're going to love another phrase Todd has used a couple times throughout the season, especially recently. He says you have to be able to score playoff-style goals, even in the regular season. But to you, what's a playoff-style goal? Well, those are all those that down-low play that I was talking about, that sustained zone time, uh, wearing the other team down. And why it's so important is that, again, as beat up as these guys are now in the regular season, and you know they have all these maintenance days trying to get somewhat healthy for the playoffs, um, that's when it really takes its toll. So maybe the first game in a playoff battle you get a lot of down low play it's real rugged hockey but you're might maybe not rewarded all the time but by game three or four or five for sure the other team's getting very very tired it's hard work uh you've got to be really committed to it hopefully you're not uh, fighting another injury now or maybe two at that point so that to me is about the level of commitment for the playoffs and that kind of battle that he's talking about. To me, that's what really impresses me when I'm in the broadcast booth or in the studio. That kind of hockey, to me, that brings a smile across my face. Now, you'll get certain rushes that get scoring opportunities that sort of get me the same sort of excitement level, but not often. That's just like, wow, that's amazing skill. But what really impresses me is when you you force the other team into mistakes because you just don't let up. Uh, with that low low play, who's who's a player you played with or against that was a, a specialist at down low and, and grinding the puck and wearing the other team down? How about John Tonelli or Brian Trotche? Uh, those two guys stand out right immediately when you said that early in my career because you'll remember those guys, Trot and John Tonelli. They never gave up. They kept moving their feet all the time. If you weren't prepared do the same thing as a defender, or if you allow them inside position, uh, you're in big, big trouble. Um, they rarely ever let you off the hook, and I think that uh, for those reasons, those are the two guys that really come to mind. Of course, I played with Rick Tockett, too, so he's going to be up there, and and other rugged players, but those were the guys to me. A guy like, how about an underrated guy like Pat Conacher? I was just talking today about uh, with somebody about Pat Conker and how hard he played the game. You guys had him in Edmonton. He won a Stanley Cup with you guys. And it was that determination that really stands out with a guy like uh, Pat. Kelly Rudy joining us inside sports on 630 Chet. One of the topics that has come up a lot this year, especially for Rob and I on overtime open line after the games, Kelly, 
has been, you know, a lot of fans saying, why don't the Oilers shoot more? Why doesn't McDavid shoot more? Now, he does lead the the team in shots on goal, so we have to remember that. But it's an interesting debate because a lot of times when a guy makes a pass and his teammate scores, you say, oh, well, you got the goalie moving laterally, so you found a hole. Conversely, a lot of times when a guy comes over the line and just rips it and scores, then you say, well, see, he didn't play around with it. He just shot. So I mean, there's all, there's both yeah. sides of that argument. But, but you're, you're in a unique perspective from having been a goalie, too. Uh, I don't know what bothered you more, a guy you knew who was just going to fire it or, or the guy who could make a late pass to maybe someone you didn't expect to get the puck? Well, different circumstances. So when I go back to when I played and thinking of uh, some of the more prolific goal scorers, but guys to me that weren't natural goal scorers. And I'm okay sharing this because I've, uh, I've talked to Mike Gartner, the Hockey Hall of Famer, about this. I, my thought process was, with Gartner was that he wasn't a natural goal scorer like a Curry or a Bossy, but he just figured out he had a tremendous shot that he did it by numbers. So typically what I always expected when I was playing against Gartner in a game, he's going to get, I don't know, ballpark between six and eight shots. Like, he, he had a lot of shots on goal every year. And so that was a different threat, whereas a guy that would maybe curl and then hit the late guy, that was a, a separate issue. But I've always thought that players need to shoot more often. And it's I think it's kind of like a growing trend and has been for a while now because the goaltending is so good that the guys have lost confidence in their shot. And what used to be a really quality scoring chance a number of years ago just rarely ever goes in now. So I think the guys have sort of like, geez, I I know it seems like I'm in a good area, but I never score here. So they lose their confidence. And it kind of brings me back to a story when I first joined the Islanders and uh, they were so darn good and their defense was so good. And I remember talking to Bob Bourne one day during practice, we had a tiny bit of break, and he goes, you know, Kelly, our, our defense are so good that I've lost confidence uh, in practice because I can't ever get around them. And so I go into a, a game, and I, I don't have any confidence because I think those guys are going to be able to strip me of the puck. So that's my point moving forward about these guys. They must, in practice, score so rarely because the goaltenders are so good and their equipment's so big that they must just think, well, this is a lost cause. Why should I shoot it here? And I, I might as well find somebody that might have a better opportunity. Yeah, well, that and it gets, you know, Rob and I always say this. I mean, sometimes it looks like, well, why didn't he shoot? But, it, I mean, it's an easy game to play. And we're literally eight stories above the ice at uh, Rogers Place. So, yeah. so so you can see everything. But And it's one of those things, too, with McDavid. And, you know, you played with Gretzky against him. How do you not trust him, right? I mean, sometimes you just yeah. have to say, like, well, if he saw it, I guess we got to trust he saw it. Yeah, that's right. And special players get a special credit card. They can do a little bit more and have a little more creativity. By the way, Rob was a terrific shooter himself. I mean, he didn't have to be re- reminded too often to put the puck in the net. He had a real special skill, and he knew it, and he took advantage of it. Kelly, great to have you on the show. Just let people know your schedule here for the upcoming days. You're always traveling a lot, man. Okay. Uh, I work here tomorrow in town Montreal's here I fly to Toronto Friday work there Saturday fly home do two games next week Monday Wednesday and then I get to go on a great trip uh Reed my wife is joining me I go to Toronto for the Saturday I'm going to go Thursday though then Sunday we're going to travel to Washington DC for a couple of days before the Flames join us and play there Tuesday then we continue on to Nashville 
And, geez, I hate that city. And then we continue back to Toronto. So it's going to be a great trip with uh, my wife and I. And uh, because of tr I travel so often, I try and get her out on the road every once in a while. And uh, we can have some nice dinners and sushi and a little bit of wine together. Awesome stuff. You're a good man, Kelly. Thanks for your perspective tonight. Look forward to talking to you again next week. You got it, pal. Former NHL goaltender Kelly Rudy joins us once a week here on Inside Sports, also an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. And those have uh, been a couple big topics for the Oilers this season. Getting to the net, scoring those, uh, you know, Todd calls them the playoff-style goals, whether you want to call them the gritty goals, the blue paint goals. And, you know, I think for me it's that, by the way, if Jenny Malkin in a fight with Blake Wheeler as I'm watching the uh, Penguins-Jets game and Wheeler... Uh, absolutely dominated a very short bout. I didn't see what started that, but that was interesting to look up and see that. I, I mean, the, the Islanders did a good job last night. They, they really did, but still, you're, it, you get into the playoffs, you're going to play other good teams who can take away that area of the ice, so you got to get the bodies in there one way or the other. And Todd McClellan said you got to bully your way in there if it's being a little tougher. 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. You'll hear from Milan Lucic as we move along tonight. We will catch up with Jay Onright for the uh, latest on his transition from Fox back to TSN. All ahead, Inside Sports on Chet. Hey, this is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. The Oilers and Penguins game is coming up on Friday. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30 Chet. The game will start at 7. Interesting game between the Jets and the Penguins. I mentioned Wheeler and Malkin fight right after that. Sestito and Thorburn go at it. And now Sean Matthias scores for the Jets just 4.18 in. So two fights and a goal. And uh, the game not even five minutes old in Winnipeg. Jets up one nothing on the Penguins. We'll keep an eye on that one. Couple of uh, Eskimos notes today. They have signed linebacker Corey Greenwood, free agent, 31 years of age. Pretty good player. He's a Canadian, and he can start as a linebacker, so that could be a very important player. And backup quarterback Jordan Lynch has retired after a couple of years with the Eskimos. He's going to be the running back coach at his alma mater, Northern Illinois. He's 26. Remember, he scored the Grey Cup winning touchdown in the game in 2015. Vince Young rolling into Regina. Looks like he'll be announced as uh, the newest member of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders tomorrow. That'll be interesting. We were talking about that story about a week and a half ago, so uh, wow, Vince Young. We'll see. Chris Jones, not afraid to take a chance. 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. Chris says, uh, hey Reed, in no way is this an excuse, but the time has come to talk about the horrendous playing surface in this half-billion-dollar arena. I've never seen so many pucks bouncing and rolling in one game. Well, Chris, you're not making an excuse at all. I mean, it's 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 for both teams. Um, there's no doubt it's been something. I mean, Rob and I have talked about it at various points throughout the season. Um, the ice at Rogers Place is not what they were hoping it would be. That's my impression anyway. I think that they'll want to improve it. I I guess I would doubt that that's going to happen in season. I know Dan Craig, the NHL's ice guru, has been in town to look at it, and he does go around all rinks. So, yeah, it's not where we were hoping it will be. It needs to improve. Hopefully it will, like I said, probably for next season. And I think there's, I mean, unfortunately, probably a, a bigger picture issue there too in that, you know, a, a, a league for a game that is played on ice 
How often do you watch a game and say, man, it looks like the ice sucks? Far too often. I, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of issues in a lot of buildings, whether it's, you know, climate or the age of the building or the how the building is used. You know, the, sometimes the buildings that are used a lot and have a lot of changeover, basketball, concerts, hockey, sometimes they don't have as high quality ice. But Chris, you, you, you raise a good point. Uh, hopefully that improves. I mean, I, I, I know Scott Johnson's going to have an exclusive story on our morning news tomorrow. Uh, about a, another uh, issue with the building that they're 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 looking at as well, not so much related to the ice, um, but I know it uh, it is very cold in Rogers Place at times. So I mean, it, it it is part of even though the building was built and it cost a lot of money. I mean, it's like building a new house, right? There's always going to be things you find out that that have to be adjusted. So hopefully they're able to get that done. Going to be a fun show tonight. Uh, Jay Onright's going to be on in the next half hour. We'll catch up with him. Is Four-year career south of the border came to an end last week. He's coming back to TSN. We'll get that story. Also, Abby Benning is going to be on the show from the U of A Pandas hockey team. The Pandas going to Nationals next week at Queen's University in Kingston. She is the sister of Oilers defenseman Matthew Benning and uh, the son of Brian Benning, former NHL defenseman, who's been on this show. By the way, Gary Bettman, commissioner of the NHL, saying that the NHL is preparing for next season as if there will not be an Olympic break. So perhaps that's going to be it for the NHL's run of sending its players to the five-ring surface. It's Inside Sports on 630, Jed. You can always text 630-630. Coming up to the 630 News. Pittsburgh, by the way, just tied the game. So now 1-1 against the Jets, seven minutes in. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. One of the things I like most about hosting a radio talk show is that sometimes you get to help people. You, you get to reach out to people, you know, maybe just have a chat with them when they're when they're needing a little therapy about how their favorite team did or or you get to, uh, you know, shine the light on a, on a sport or an athlete that doesn't get a lot of attention. Well, today we're going to do something a little different in that uh, we're going to try to get somebody a job. We have a, a regular listener from Alberta. His uh, name is Jay Onright. Now, Jay, according to my notes here, you just lost your job in the television business. Is that true? That's correct. I was just fired uh, just about a week ago. And uh, from Athabasca, a longtime fan of Inside Sports and you, uh, Reed Wilkins, uh, and, uh, yeah, I just really appreciate you taking the time to help me today. Well, I, I just got some options for you here, Jay. Um, Oshkosh, a children's apparel store here in Edmonton, looking for an assistant manager. The physical demands of the job include the ability to lift up to 25 pounds, and you have to be comfortable with the use of ladders. Is that in your wheelhouse at all, Jay? No, you're going to have to cross that off the list. Uh, not physically capable of lifting 25 pounds, first of all, and ladders terrify me in general. All right, Oshkosh is out of luck. Uh, they're looking for an associate, a sales associate in electronics at one of the Edmonton Walmart stores. Now, you will have to add, subtract, multiply, and divide in all units of measure now, this includes fractions and decimals as well as whole numbers, Jay. What about that one? 
Yeah, that's a problem too, Reed. As uh, everyone knows, who's either worked in or uh, or maybe you know someone who's in the broadcast or media industry. Nobody in broadcasting or the media can do math. Not a single person, not even the person hosting your uh, your financial segments on your local news or, or your CNN business show. Uh, nobody in media can do math, so therefore I would not be qualified for that one. Ooh, okay, well, one more on the list. Now, it is in St. Albert, which I thought would be appealing to you because it's close to Morinville. Uh, the the St. Albert McDonald's is looking for a cook, and they want someone who is energetic, positive, and friendly who will put the customer first. Okay, well, looks like we've got a winner. Uh, a couple of things. I love McDonald's. Who doesn't? If you don't love McDonald's, then uh, you're probably tired of life. And secondly, St. Albert, boy, I was just there a couple of weeks ago, and that town is growing like a weed. Uh, before long, it will swallow up Athabasca and all surrounding communities in uh, northern Alberta. So uh, might as well get in while the getting's good. Tell me in on McDonald's. <laughs> Uh, Jay, it's great to have you on the show, buddy. Uh, you have Wait, been... was that a lie? Was that a lie? Are you just lying to me that I don't really have that job? Come on, you'll be fine. You already said... You, what were you actually unemployed for? Like 30 hours? TSN was, was couldn't actually, wait to bring you back. I was actually never unemployed, officially. I, I, I had already agreed to a deal... With TSN before it was officially announced that the Fox. I should mention also that I'm still technically employed by Fox. They just canceled my show, but they have to keep paying me for several more months. It's a terrific situation. I feel like I'm retired, uh, but still getting paid. I'm trying to figure out how I can just keep this going. Well, that's that's the beauty of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're not actually, uh, you know, all of a sudden destitute or anything like that. But let's seriously, I want to ask you because the day the news broke about Fox, and you know, I, I wasn't totally shocked given um, some of our conversations and my following what was going on with the show there. And I kind of made the point on that night. I said, you know, I felt like I had a, a, a good buddy go down there for a great opportunity. And I don't know if his employer ever fully committed to, you know, what you and Dan were, were trying to do or, or wanted to do. That was my take on it, and I, and I know listeners are interested. How, how do you sort of summarize what happened at Fox over the last four years? It's really simple. It was a management change. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, when we first got there, things were going great. New management came in. Very nice people just had a different idea about good sports television. Uh, and that's okay. Hey, people can have differing opinions. We get along with our employers at Fox. We have nothing but good things to say about them. We just had a different idea of what a good TV show was. So, you know, I think it was a good parting. It was a good divorce. It's that kind of divorce that, you know, you hear about the couple where they, they get divorced, but they still go on vacations together with the kids. It's like that. Um, uh, we got nothing but good things to say about them. It really was a wonderful time down here, but we're very excited to be heading back to TSN because uh, because we finally get to cover hockey again for the first time in four years. Right. You're going to have to. Who, who's the coach of the Flames again? <laughs> yeah, Glenn Gullitson. I, I had to think about that one uh, pretty hard. I had to get you to help me with the pronunciation. That's how little... Um, 
That's how little hockey is covered down here. It's very much, I mean, we all kind of know it. You know, growing up in Canada, you know that it's not as popular a sport in America as it is in Canada. But I don't think I fully understood it until I lived here. And you realize that it's very much a niche sport. You know, the Kings fill the building. They do great in terms of attendance. And they have a nice hardcore fan base, and that's not going to change. But they're never talked about on sports radio ever, like ever, in this town. Uh, and I don't think that will ever change either. All right. Jay Onright joining us here inside sports on 630 Chad. He's going back to TSN. So tell us a little bit about, uh, and I, I, I guess there'll be some planning over the summer and the months to come, but would you say people are going to turn you and Dan on in September and it's going to be like, okay, it's like, it's like they never left. It's the same show. They're doing the same thing. Or did you anticipate some, uh, some adaptations here? By a little a bit of both. Uh, first of all, uh, you mentioned a lot of planning. That's something we do not do. Uh, there will be no planning. Uh, there will just simply be the cameras turning on and us starting to do the television show. But we will do some different... I mean, if you watch the beginning of the show, we will be doing highlights. It will be just like the show that you, you grew up loving and watching. Uh, but the difference will be that we will add some different elements toward the later parts of the show. Uh, we will add some comedy bits. We will add some... You know, people love our podcast, and we, we want to introduce more of a podcast-type element to the show after the highlights are over. We'd like to uh, talk about the news of the day, put our own spin on it, maybe do an interview or two per show with either a newsmaker or, more likely, Jeff O'Neill, because he can just walk down the hall. So, um, I, you know, it's going to be a lot of that kind of stuff. But ultimately, ultimately, if you loved the show before, and and you're you're hoping it hasn't changed too too much. Don't worry, uh, it's going to seem very familiar to you. Uh, Jay, I, I got I to ask because you and I got to spend some time together when you were in Edmonton on the weekend, and you know several people just came up and said hi or or welcome back or how's it been going. What does what does that mean to you that that connection is still so strong even though you haven't been on their airwaves here in almost four years? Yeah, you sort of worry, you know, when you go away for a while that maybe people are going to forget about you, and that doesn't seem to have been the case. And it's very gratifying, almost overwhelming, the response um, for our return. I, I, I can't say how grateful I am that people are, are, are that excited about us coming back. And not just Dan and I, but also producer Tim as well is going to be returning to, uh, to take things over. And uh, though he is apparently holding out for more money, classic Tim, classic Tim. <laughs> So Tim is holding up for more money, but we're pretty confident the two sides are going to come to an agreement. And uh, and you're like I said, you're going to get that same show, and we're glad that people remember the show. I think there's always a danger when you go away of staying too long. I think we we were gone just long enough that people missed us, but not too long that they would have forgotten about us. Right. Jay Onright. Hold the line, Jay. He's uh, spent the last four years with Fox coming back to TSN. He was in Edmonton on the weekend. He went to the Oilers game. He'll give some thoughts on Rogers' place when we return inside sports on 630 Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. 
Jay Onright joining us inside Sports at 6.30. Chad, hey, all right, so that, thanks for filling everybody in on what's happened there with Fox and TSN. You're, you're, you're in Edmonton on the weekend. You got to go to Rogers Place. You got to see the Oilers play in person. Uh, you know, we're, we're so proud of the new rink. What was your impression? How, did the, how was that for you on Saturday? Nicest rink I've ever been to. I thought it was spectacular. The, the bowl itself was is so beautiful you know it's 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 exactly what the city deserved a world-class facility i love that garth brooks is you know showing up and selling out 29 straight nights <laughs> uh, that doesn't surprise me at all that, that the city you know is getting these amazing concerts and in addition to the fact that the oilers are playing uh, other than last night, of course, the Oilers are playing great hockey, and they're uh, they're they're competitive and they're fighting for a playoff spot. I love that. It's all kind of coming together in a perfect way. And can I just say that uh, got to, getting to go to that game on on Saturday night, boy, Adam Larson was terrific. Um, I wish some of these so-called Eastern media could come out and actually watch him play because he is a game changer. He is incredible, positionally sound, never really gets into too much trouble, makes that perfect first pass. The kind of player that Edmonton fans were dreaming about having for the last few years. He's the guy. I hope he's with the team for the rest of his career. I just loved watching him play. I thought he was terrific, and I thought Clef Baum was great, too, and I understand he was, wasn't was feeling that great, and you would have never known it by his play. So uh, Edmonton is in uh, good shape with those two guys on the blue line. All right, now I have to ask, because in your second book there's a, a story – about going to a game in, in at uh, whatever it was called at the time, Edmonton Coliseum, Northlands Coliseum, in the 90s, where you personally took it upon yourself to try to get the crowd to make a little bit more noise. Uh, wasn't that well received in your section, and I believe your father got a phone call from the Oilers about his uh, his rowdy son and the season's tickets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. How did you... That's all true. Well, I know it's all true. <laughs> now, were you doing any cheerleading on Saturday, how, or how was the energy level? Was it was it at an acceptable on-right level? Well, it's funny because I've been hearing all these stories about how it's even quieter in the new building than the old building, but from my perspective on Saturday, I thought it was it was really nice. I thought the crowd was great. I thought everyone was into it. Um you know, I, I, I love the energy level in there. My favorite thing, I think, you know, this sort of summed it up. I thought the KISS cam was the greatest KISS cam of any professional sporting event I've ever been to. I mean, the ladies were hopping on top of the guys and hamming it up. And I, that's the kind of energy. I want people to have fun in the stands. And I didn't mean to write that chapter in my second book to criticize the fans. It was, it was really more of a rallying cry that, you know, we all know how loud our fans can be during the playoffs and you can't necessarily ask the fans to be that loud year round but i wanted somewhere in between and i I think saturday night anyway we certainly got it it was uh it was a great great atmosphere in there at a a great time and uh you know i think obviously winning helps right You, you get a team that's winning and, and doing well, it's it's a lot more, uh, it's a lot easier to get into the game, so to speak. You were here as well for a speaking engagement at Nate with some uh, some you know young broadcasters or broadcasters getting an education, hoping to start off their careers. I, I mean, you're known so much for uh, your comedy and your goofiness, but what kind of a, a serious or a, a, you know astute career message do you try to impart on on the kids? I, I say the same thing to all young people who ask me 
what they should, you know, the number one piece of advice if they want to go into broadcasting, I always say you have to be willing to move anywhere for that first job. And I mean anywhere. you got to be willing to move to places you maybe never even thought you'd visit, much less live. And not only do you have to move there, you have to embrace it. You can't go there with a bad attitude. You have to move to a smaller community, uh, embrace that community, get involved. I think you'll find, and I think you would agree with me, that if you embrace the community you, you go to, you may end up meeting some incredibly great friends, and you'll certainly have a better time. It's all about the journey. It's not just making steps to get back to Edmonton. It's, you should be enjoying the journey along the way. So um, the willingness to move and move anywhere will always allow you to move up in our business. If you're not willing to move, to move then... Uh, your chances of a success uh, decrease uh, greatly. Well, Jay, I, I'm really glad that you're, you're coming home. I, I know everybody's glad to have you and Dan back on TSN in the fall, and it's a good thing that's lined up because the manager of the St. Albert McDonald's just texted me. The cook position has been filled. Oh, well, you know, I'm happy they found somebody. I mean, uh, I mean I'm a, you know, I've already kind of committed to someone else anyway, so I was trying to figure out how I was going to work at TSN and and cook at the St. Albert McDonald's. And by the way, that is a very busy McDonald's, as we all know. Very busy McDonald's. So certainly that would have been a tough thing for me to split my time. So I think in the end, everything worked out for the best. I think it did. Jay, thanks so much for coming on the show. That is Jay Onright back to Canada, back to TSN, four years with Fox in California. And he talked about it in the interview, management change. He said, you know, nothing... uh, Nothing to be angry about. Just didn't work out with uh, the direction they wanted the show to go. And I think everybody's going to be glad to have Jay and Dan back. I think they're going to be on uh, midnight Eastern. So that'd be 10 here in good old Alberta. Got some text to 630-630. The Big L says, Reed asked Jay if he thinks TSN has enough of a budget for both he and Dan to wear pants during their segments. No, I believe they're going to alternate nights wearing pants. And it's going to be the same pair. So they're either going to be really tight on Jay or really baggy on Dan. Another texter says, uh, I'd hire Jay if he promised not to poop his pants at work. I don't think that he could make that promise. I, I don't. Th- I mean, he could make the promise. I don't think he could fulfill the promise. If you've, if you've read Jay's books, Warren Mulvey on the other side of the window. Have you read uh, Jay's books? I haven't, but uh, I've been a big fan of his for a long time. Two chapters in each one about... Not being able to control that particular <laughs> part of the human experience. <laughs> he he would talk a lot about it on his podcast, Including too. one chapter with how I was involved in that. Oh, really? Yes. I'm going to have to read that. We were on a road that. trip and uh, driving through Pennsylvania with him feeling very uncomfortable and me trying to drive as fast as I can without a navigator and not get lost. Um, though you, uh, you're you're still a Nate student, technically, are you not, Warren? Yes, I am. So, you, uh, so you're a third semester Nate student? Uh, well, fourth semester. Fourth semester, but you went to CJ speak? I did, yeah. You were there, how was that? It was awesome. He, uh, he had said he had been out the night before, and I don't know if you were involved in that, but uh, he it was it was great. He, he had so many uh, insightful things to say for a guy trying to break into the media industry. It's not, it's not a great uh, it's not always an easy industry <laughs> to, to break into it. he's right. you have to be willing to do things that you maybe aren't your ultimate goal. 
to do, but you, but you have to be willing to do them and, and willing to learn. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He has made it as far as anybody can make it in Canadian broadcasting, got a chance to work on a national show in the United States. But, yeah, still a great reminder of, of the process that it takes to, to get there. And he's from Athabasca. So it just shows. You know, maybe you're a small-town kid listening in, you know, Legal or Beaumont or, you know, Panoka. You can live your dreams, kids. But adults, your dreams are over. Uh, this is quite a game between Pittsburgh and Washington. It's now th- uh, Pittsburgh and Winnipeg. It's now 3-2 Jets late in the first period. Tom Sestito mentioned he got into that fight with Chris Thorburn, later ejected from the game for a hit from behind on Toby Enstrom. So it's uh, been a rough one. Malkin and Wheeler fought, so that stemmed back to an incident in an earlier game when Malkin, uh, kind of a late body check on Wheeler, so they straightened that out today. We'll keep an eye on that one. Pretty entertaining contest. 3-2 Jets late in the first. The Senators lead the Stars 2-0 after one. The Bruins lead the Red Wings 4-0 after the first period. Your scoreboard for Crystal Glass for all your glass needs. Crystalglass.ca The Big L with a text in. Reed can't take credit for this, but how many Jay Onrights does it take to change a light bulb? Answer, Dan. <laughs> you can text 636-30. Raptors in action as well tonight. New Orleans leading the Raptors 42-39. Three minutes left in the first half. Kevin Carries is going to join in and will be joined by Panda's hockey defenseman, Abby Benning. All coming up inside sports on Chet. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.